Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 328. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. 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 Tuning in via phone. Dialing it in again this week. Calling in. Interestingly, it wasn't an issue with the microphone this week. It was just a connection thing going on. Yeah. Old throwback. Yeah. So we were just like, hey, call in. That seemed to work out. Okay, last week. This week on the show, we'll be talking about this year's Cinepocalypse in Chicago, with our main review being Eric Powers' Attack of the Demons. We'll also be talking about something we're watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can help support Film Pulse on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash filmpulse for just a dollar a month. Also, please consider reviewing us on iTunes. That's extremely helpful as well. The only thing that I wanted to mention at the top of the show with housekeeping is no Ryan watches a movie this week. And this is this is like partially my fault. I think it's probably also partially your fault, Kevin, because uh, what? Th- this week we just I was so busy this week and it just I couldn't. I couldn't get get it organized, so we didn't we didn't record a show. <laughs> like I just couldn't, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a planned thing. It was just like I realized it was Thursday and we didn't do a show. Yeah, it was almost like I completely forgot that we do a show every Thursday. <laughs> I'm telling you, this week was just it was it was crazy. It was so just nonstop. Nonstop busy this week. Uh, but I hope to get with Ryan, figure out what kind of a movie he's looking for, and um, hopefully get something in the can for next week. With that, let's talk about Cinepocalypse. So Cinepocalypse is happening right now uh, as we're recording this in Chicago. This is, I believe, the second year that we're covering Cinepocalypse. Uh, we have... I'm covering it remotely. And then we also have Blake who is at the festival right now, uh, just cramming in tons, tons of movies. Uh, We're going to talk about attack of the demons first. And then uh, we'll, I think we'll um, talk about some of the other uh, movies that I saw there. And some of the other movies that we have reviews for up on the site and may, and maybe just like, the festival in general, because I think it is a festival to keep an eye on, especially, I mean, obviously if you're in the Chicago area. Yeah. Sorry. I wanted to pull up the website here. Pull it up. Get it. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about our main review first. Now we saw attack of the demons. This is directed by Eric power. Interestingly, there's no IMDb up for this movie no. yet. No, there's not. I do have a synopsis here. I believe there's one on Letterboxd. Uh, the year is 1994, and in a small Colorado town, three friends must use every skill their minds can fathom to stave off a legion of mutating demons that is overtaking their community. This apocalyptic event has been planned for centuries by a cult which seeks nothing less than the destruction of all humankind. Damn. Yeah. Pretty heavy, huh? Yeah. 
Kevin, what did you think? Now, I'll have a review for this up on the site by the time uh, you're listening to this. Kevin, what did you think of Attack of the Demons? Uh, well, initially, uh, this one jumped out at me right away because I think you, I think it was like right after you watched it, you hit me with the text. It was like, it's an animated movie using construction paper, which immediately for me is just like, yes, I will watch it. Yeah. Interest immediately peaked. Yeah, that's because I need to see it. I need to see what you're doing with this construction paper. I love the idea. Yeah, I heard about I heard about it when I was looking at the lineup at Cinepocalypse, and then I saw a still from it, and it was the one still where it was like the fire, and then the the person like melting the the creature like melting in the fire, and I was like, all right, well, yeah, of course, yeah. I'm gonna see this. So I gotta say, I was a, I was a little bit worried because I'm thinking I'm going into it thinking like a kind of like a rudimentary South Park type deal, you know, where everything's just really kind of basic, which it's not. I mean, there's a there's a lot more creativity going on here in terms of like the the images and stuff. Yeah. Whether it's you know either the the nature scenes or the the monsters, the demons, the people themselves. Now, the only thing that was a little bit tough for me was the look of the people. Mm-hmm. Just aesthetically speaking, that uh, they were a bit rough, a bit rough to look at. Um, but some of the details on them were great. Like I thought the eyes were good, but man, it was a little, was a little bit rough. But a lot of the other stuff is fantastic. Like I love. The, the creativity shown in pretty much every single aspect of this, whether it's, like I said, the monsters, the demons, or, you know, they create a lot of things such as, uh, like, old video games, mm-hmm. old arcade games. All the arcade games, they honestly looked amazing. Yeah. Like, I wanted to play them <laughs> very badly. What was the one? It was, like, Rat some, something or other? Wasn't it ro- Rodent Rumble? Rodent Rumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It legit looked great. Like the 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 art of it looks fantastic. Like the the way that they moved, you know, and like the fighting game that he played it again. I can't remember the name of that one, but that looked fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overall, I was I was pretty into it. I gotta say, I did have fun. Yeah. The music I felt was fantastic too. Yeah, I agree. The music was awesome. I. I... Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying here. I thought that the animation style was great. When you think of construction paper, obviously you think of South Park. And as you said, this is way more detailed than South Park. Yeah. South Park doesn't even use construction paper anymore. They use computers to, to do their yeah. their show, which... To, By, yeah, I, I, it totally I, makes sense. If, yeah. you're, if you're in that kind of production mode, you have to. Yeah. I'm sorry. I there's com- just no point in doing construction paper at that point. I completely understand why they switched that. It's not a knock on South Park or anything. And they, they managed to still, you know, uh, for the most part, keep the original style of the show. So no no um, criticisms on South Park for going to computers for, for their show, especially because they make an episode in six days, for God's sake. I mean, that's insane. Um, but for this movie, yes, it is way more detailed and they do a lot of really clever things with the, um, 
with the construction paper, as far as like, like liquids, like how they handle liquids in this, there's a lot of ooze and like pus and blood and stuff in this movie. And I thought how they handled things made of liquid, uh, all looked really good. I liked in, in some locations, there was like wallpaper on like the, the inside the houses and stuff. And like, they actually used, I don't know if it was real wallpaper, just like designed, paper that looked really good like all the video game stuff like there's a scene where the one like one of the characters is really into video games and there's a scene where he's playing a game boy and it just they they nailed like the color like that kind of yellow black like color of the game boy and there was just something about the vibe of this movie that just really it just really gelled with me it had this uh, like kind of nostalgia to it it's not like it was hammering you over the head with like nineties references or anything like that. But there was just this, the fact that it takes place in this small town and you have these, this colorful cast of characters and each person has their own sort of niche to them. Like the, like the main guy likes movies and the, the, the female lead likes uh, music and then the other guy likes video games and they each have their own like little thing. But, but there's like that scene towards the beginning where they have, they're so passionate about their preferred medium and they go to like celebrate it with other people and there's nobody there. Like he goes, the, like yeah. the main guy goes to the movies cause he's really excited about this this uh like Italian horror movie that's playing and there's he's the only one in the theater and like the guy goes to the arcade to, to play some games there's nobody there and the the woman goes to this concert she it's like her favorite band that's playing in the town and she's the only one there and I like I totally understand that yes especially in a small town yeah. which I did I, I love that for whatever reason they kept referring it to it as a city like we're in the city. It's like no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're small downtown. Stop it. Stop saying city. Why are you doing that? I think they're they're adjacent to a city because I think that there's the towards the end they show like an actual city. <clears throat> so oh, that's true. But over the on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I really just dug the vibe of this movie. I, I thought that the they did a really good job with the characters. Uh, the a couple of criticisms I have: the voice acting was not great. I thought it was. Re- that's the that's the number one. That's the number one issue. Yeah, it's it's really hit or miss. Uh, some of it, some of it is really. I mean, it, it. And I'm not somebody who is particularly harsh on acting. Like I, I can suspend my disbelief pretty easily when it comes to acting. I think maybe with voice acting, it's a little bit more apparent. But, um, yeah, I, some of the, some of the line delivery here just really pulled me out of the experience. Yeah. And I think it's the two main reasons for this, I think is one is like the pacing of it, like the tempo of the voice acting just felt all right. Like there's it's a bit too much of a, you know, uh, uh, spaces in between. Yeah. Exactly. It was people li- reacting and talking back to each other and that kind of thing. Right. And then also it felt like they're trying, like you could tell that they were trying really hard 
to deliver their lines. Yeah. It seemed very clear that these were people all recording their lines separately and piecing it together just didn't, didn't necessarily work because a lot of the dialogue is based on like reactions to what other people are saying. Like a lot of it is sort of the three characters riffing off of each other. And if you don't hear how the other person ends their sentence, it's hard to convey the right type of reaction. Like, even yeah. though you're looking They're at all, like, like all the, the reactions were kind of the same. Yeah. It was all in like the same even keel. Yeah, it just seemed very evident that they were all recording their stuff separately and and probably in like little bite-sized chunks. And uh, it, yeah, it, it didn't, unfortunately, it, at times it felt a little stilted, but that, yeah. that, that, was, oh, yeah. that was my biggest issue with the movie. It wasn't enough for, for it to like really pull me out of it completely or anything. No, but it is enough that it, it holds it back. Certainly. Certainly. I think that's the you know big what I mean? thing. It could be much better. Yeah. That, and that's really my, my biggest issue with it. And I, I think yeah. everything else is really spot on. I liked, I thought that the varied creature design was really cool. Like how each, each monster in this has its own look and its own like w- way of spewing its pus stuff on you and it uh the 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 plot itself felt very very much like an homage to these like 80s and 90s kind of creature features i dug that and there was a lot to like about this movie yeah it was fun it's a fun one it is fun i was like within the first 10 minutes because they do a really good job so there's like this cold open where you see like the cultist who infects like the first person that he comes across. And after that, it's, it's just char- them establishing the characters. And I thought they did a really good job of, uh, first of all, like the world building, like the, this town, this town felt very real and very lived in. And I thought they did a good job of taking time to introduce the characters and letting us get to know them. And th- this movie really reminded me of, uh, there's an indie game, called Oxenfree and it just really reminded me of how that game is presented and the characters in that game are presented uh very very reminiscent of that or Night in the Woods too it's another mm. indie game that it reminded me of two great games by the way any other thoughts on Attack of the Demons I would say definitely check it out it's got a pretty brisk runtime it's like 75 minutes or something like that so yeah, that's, a, that's another thing that I think works really well here. And that's why I, you know, kind of say with the, the voice acting, just really holds it back. Because, like like you said, it's, it's, the runtime is great. And it doesn't, nothing feels unnecessary. Like, we just, they do it, they spend a little bit of time setting up the characters, but, the, you know, they don't overextend that, you know, and then they get into the story and they just kind of, just roll right through it. I I like the use of color in this too. Uh, it is construction paper, but they use a lot of like really bright colored construction paper, lots of pinks and greens and things. I, I thought it was just a really a colorful movie as well, which I liked. Mm-hmm. That is 
Attack of the Demons. Let's give it a score. Kevin, what are you going to give it? I give it like a six and a half, seven. Yeah, six and a half. I'm going to give six and a half. All right. I'm sitting at a seven on this one. I think the just the creativity, the the obvious skill that was involved in crafting something like this definitely gets bonus points from me. I thought that the animation was really cool, and I liked this medium uh, to tell a story, using this medium to tell a story. That was really cool. I also like the, yeah, the attention to detail too. And what, you know, the, yeah, to take some time to, you know, just have like a short scene of just like trees swaying. Right. In the wind, that and, type of stuff. And there, there are a lot of locations in this too. Like they go to like different like diners and houses and a lot of it takes place outside in the town. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, townspeople in it there's a lot of monsters it's just there's a lot going on and they really did a good job of fully realizing this world it doesn't feel like they cut any corners or skimped on anything you know it's like like i'm just reminded of um like anime shows that they do everything they can to uh, to animate as little as possible (laughs) so they like cut all these corners to sort of like make it look like it's being animated but it's really not the the level of detail in this and the level like the 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 level of things that are like moving like it they they have they add small movements to things that they probably didn't have to like like stuff in the background like you could just have a static background but they added movement that makes everything feel like it's uh a, a more realized world yeah I really appreciated that. I think I think they did a really great job with that. I'm interested in seeing more of uh, what Eric Power has. He has another movie that came out in 2013 called Path of Blood, which is a samurai movie. It's done in the same style. Yeah. So I, I would be interested in checking that out also. Let's let's talk briefly about some of what Cinepocalypse has to offer. They have a pretty good lineup this year. I'll just talk about some of what I saw first. The I guess the other highlight for me, and, and I think that Attack of the Demons is the strongest of the of what I've seen there. Uh, but a movie called Villains is another one that I saw there. This is directed by Robert Olson and and Dan Burke. Uh, it stars Bill Skarsgård and Micah Monroe as these criminals who rob a gas station, but because they're not, they're not that smart. They forgot to fill their car with gas when they're at the gas station before they robbed it. And they run out of gas and they're on this kind of country road and they go to the closest house they can find. Nobody's home. They break in, try to find, they, they see that there's a, a car in the garage. So they try to find keys and then they can't find the keys. So then they try to find a gas can to siphon the gas. And when they go to the basement, they discover there's a girl, a little girl chained up in the basement and they decide, well, we got to, we got to rescue this girl. So they go to rescue her, but then the owners come home. The owners are played by Kira Sedgwick and Jeffrey Donovan. And what happens next is, uh, odd to say the least 
Kira Sedgwick plays a character I've never seen her play before. She plays this sort of deranged housewife. And it's this is a really fun movie. It's not a horror movie per se. I'd say it's more of like a dark comedy, like a dark comedic thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, because after they come home, find these two people in their house, they they tie them up and keep them captive. And they're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on here because Kira Sedgwick and Je- Jeffrey Donovan play this like sort of 50s. They have this, this sort of 50s style clothes on. They all seem very polite, very prim and proper. They both have this kind of this this southern draw to them. And but they have a girl chained up in their basement. Like, what's going on with yeah. that? So very interesting movie. I, I think that it it f- didn't quite stick the landing. And I, I feel like they 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 could have had a little bit more a little bit more depth here, a little bit more going on. But it's the characters, it's the four central characters that really make this worth seeing. Bill Skarsgård, just seeing him react to the weird <laughs> shit that's happening around him is almost worth the price of admission alone. Just his reaction to how strange everything is. It's its pretty yeah, great. Plus, plus the idea of those two characters playing deranged people, you know. The closer and burn notice. Yeah, exactly. The closer and burn notice <laughs> playing these sort of deranged psychos. It's it's pretty it's pretty solid. I have a review for this up on the site. I think I gave it like a six and a half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's worth checking out. Another one that I saw is called Kindred Spirits. This is directed by Lucky McKee. Lucky McKee is he's a little bit of a hit or miss director for me. I really liked uh May. And I thought the woman was okay. I did not like all cheerleaders die. And this movie feels like a little bit of a cross between May and all cheerleaders die in, in a certain sense. It stars Thor Birch as this uh, single, single mother who has a, I can't remember how old she is, like 17 year old daughter. And, her sister the the girl's aunt comes to visit and she's played by Caitlin Stacy and the aunt is mm, we could say unhinged and she decides that that her her niece is a little bit too close to her mom so she wants to to get rid of her so that she can have her all to herself and it's a little bit of a psychological thriller, I would say. And it's it's okay. Uh making Blair's in it. I didn't I didn't hate it. It it was pretty middle of the road for me. I'd give it a maybe like a 6 or something. I liked it more than All Cheerleaders Die, but I don't think it's on the same level as The Woman or May. Yeah, okay. But it's okay. Have you seen any uh-huh. of any of Lucky McKee's stuff? Uh, May, and I think just May, when me and you watched May. I don't remember watching that with you. Well, you did. Okay. Just to let you know. All right. I remember that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Oh, uh, Jeremy Sisto. 
<laughs> I forgot he was in that. <laughs> uh, what's he doing now? I don't know. Damn. Uh, the other one I saw was called Dead Con. This is directed by Karen Wachter. This is about a, a like a YouTube style conference. It's sort of like VidCon, but they call it ViewCon in the movie. And you have Ooh. these two YouTube stars who are attending this this uh, convention, and the hotel that they are staying in, where the conference is being held, uh, is haunted by a demon, and they get attacked by the demon. No, I have a question because I read your review for this. Mm. And to me, it sounded like, it just sounds like they're doing the shining, but with influencers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Gotcha. Very, very much, uh, reminiscent of the shining. You, it's more like a ghost story though, than, than that. The, The premise is that there's this guy who made the basically made the internet like the a chat room in 1984 like way before that was a thing and they didn't whatever company was funding him didn't want to move forward with it they didn't think it was going to work and he was all bummed out and then like this mysterious person showed up on his chat room thing and said that they can help him get this thing off the ground if he finds them friends so I guess he has to, he like finds them children and it like sucks them in or something. They don't really <laughs> explain it at all. It's, it's pretty rough. This movie is pretty rough. It, it, I don't know what the messaging is behind it. Like is, is it trying to be some sort of like statement on like the YouTube culture that we, that we live in like a, a statement on new media? Cause if, if it's, if that's what it is, it doesn't really do that because the two main characters are actual real life YouTube stars. And I looked them up and they're still making videos like every day. So it's not like they're former YouTube stars or anything like they're current YouTube stars. And yeah, so I'm not sure. I don't know why this movie really exists and or what it's trying to say. I liked where, so the, the main, one of the main characters uh, played by uh, Lauren Elizabeth Ashley. She, she's like sort of disenfranchised with this whole like YouTube life. She's just worn out. She's tired of doing it. She doesn't want to do it anymore. She wants to get out. This is going to be her last convention. And I thought that, you know, maybe that was an interesting thing to explore. Like the fact that, you know, people look at these YouTube celebrities and they look up to them and they want to be them and, yada 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 but it's it's actual work like having to be always on always filming yourself putting on this this persona all the time is very exhausting and i thought maybe that that was a cool thing to explore but they just didn't do it enough they didn't do it in in the right way in this movie Mm. the scares are very like just standard standard stuff nothing nothing out of the ordinary here you got like blood blood drawings on the walls and you got floating and children showing up 
at random times and doors closing on their own. This is really kind of standard level stuff. Some of the effects work was actually quite good. I will give them credit for that. And the uh, score, the music was quite good too. But other than that, not great. <clears throat> performances, performances were subpar. But again, this is like one of the kind of confusing things. Like why, why would you get YouTube stars to be in this? Like why not just get actors? Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like you said, I have a review for this up on the on the site as well. One that Blake reviewed, I didn't get to see this, but oh boy, do I want to see it, is Glenn Danzig's movie, uh, yeah. Veronica. Uh, I've, but, you know, people were talking about this. Oh yeah, people were talking about this. As soon as this, he, because Blake, when Blake got out of the screening, he sent me a Slack and was like, oh my God, let me, let me see if I can pull up what he, what he said. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me uh, putting him on blast with what he said. But uh, apparently it's just, it's like the room, but like the horror version of the room. It's, it's like that, yeah. that bad. Mm. And people, Boy. like people were just laughing hysterically at the screening but it wasn't intentionally bad like i don't think i think he danzig was like 100 percent serious about this movie and it looks it's a it's a horror anthology based on the uh, comic books that he wrote and apparently it's yeah. just i mean if you look at our review like the the two images that are attached to that review those were the approved stills for the movie which are not yeah. even stills for the movie. Yeah. Uh, those... And like, isn't, isn't the one like not even like in focus? No, it's, it's not. <laughs> so when Blake, when Blake got out of the screening, he goes, Oh my God, Veronica, one of the worst movies ever and a cinematic experience. I won't forget. It's unreal. Uh, so essentially I can't wait to see this movie. I'm sure someone's going to pick. Yeah, because like, is he is he in the movie? I have no idea. I like how both pictures are just him. I I don't. Th- just- yeah, <laughs> these are these are like promotional images of him. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just for it's just for him. Now, if you look online, there there are a couple other stills, but they weren't included in the approved press material, so I didn't want to use them because <laughs> they weren't included. But there's like one other image that you can find online of of the actual movie. Wow. Incredible. So it's like three it's like three short uh horror stories and just just read the review on the site. I think Blake Oh yeah. Blake really he just lays it all out and I think after you read his review you'll be like, "Well, I got to see this now." <laughs> yeah, it does sound pretty amazing. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, a couple, a couple other titles that were at Cinepocalypse this this year. Under the Silver Lake was screening there, which I thought was interesting, considering that's like on. I think that's on streaming and stuff now. Uh, yeah, I think so. They they always do like a bunch of sort of uh, re- like restored ones and like uh, restorations and like repertory screenings. So they did like um, Hot Dog the movie. They did uh, 
Falling Down, I think they did. Falling Down is just so good. Indeed. Flatliners. They're doing they had a guar showcase. They did uh they did the they were the ones that premiered the Tammy and the T-Rex original R-rated cut, which I'm very interested to see that. I just have to see that. Yes. Then yeah. Why is that? Why don't I have it? Yeah, like I, I didn't know that That's that my main question. I didn't know that that was a thing. Like the original R-rated gore cut. I have to see this. Because I just, I love the idea of, like, the T-Rex has to annihilate some people, right? Yeah. Just gotta. I'm really, they have to release that. They have to, that has to be coming out. Like on Blu-ray at least or something. Uh, They did, they did screenings of Total Recall. Really good lineup this year. It was a good lineup last year too. Uh, there were a couple that I didn't see that I wanted to see, like The Lodge. I'm I'm really interested in in that one. A couple of these I, I saw at previous festivals. Uh, Darlin, which is directed by Pollyanna McIntosh. That's the sequel to The Woman, the Lucky McKee movie. Uh, I was not big on this one. Joe Bagos's Bliss, which uh, I'm really interested to see. I think that that premiered at Sundance. Looks really good. Belzebuth. We have a review for this up on the site. Uh, Blake, Blake wrote a Can review. You, that, I need you to say that title one more time. I think it's Belzebuth or Belzebuth. No, just you saying that word is fun. It's a I bad like it. title. It's entertaining, no? I believe this is a Mexican film that features Tobin Bell, of all people. I was going to try to squeeze that in, but I didn't didn't have time another Sundance movie mope. I, this is based on a true story. And if you read about the true story, it's pretty crazy, but I heard that the, the, this movie mope is uh very bad. So mm. I didn't, I didn't seek this one out, but at some point, maybe I'll be giving it a look. Uh, Satanic Panic also was one that I was interested in. This is the one directed by Chelsea Stardust. So overall, it's a good lineup. Oh, Why Don't You Just Die is also screening there. This is a this is one that I saw, I think, at What the Fest this year. And it's a it's a Russian film that's just completely crazy. It's this movie's just bonkers. The whole movie takes place in an apartment and it's basically just these two guys fighting, trying to kill each other the whole time. Oh, geez. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really wild. It's, um, it's, it's a dark comedy, but it's, it goes to some really, really crazy places. So I, I would, uh, give it a look when it comes out. Why don't you just die overall? Yeah. Solid lineup this year. Again, it's a good festival. Uh, I would recommend Check them out. Just check out the lineup. And, you know, if you're not going to be in Chicago to go to the festival, maybe uh, just add a bunch of their movies to your watch list. Yeah, because I imagine at some point we're going to, you're going to be saying those titles again in the old VOD roundup. Yeah, yeah, most likely. Uh, all right, let's talk about some more watching on the watch list, Kevin. What do you got? Uh, one. I have one thing, and that is Island of Hungry Ghosts. Mm. which this is uh this is 
kind of interesting in the sense that this is directed by Gabriel Brady and like the all the material right is it shows pictures of the crab migration I mean the synopsis is just crabs journey across Australia's Christmas Island it's just tons tons and tons of crabs just kind of take over and they move across the island and you know they do show a little bit of like the parks park rangers and stuff kind of like closing down the roads or escorting people through these roads and the way they do it is they jump on their little bikes and the cars behind them and they drive and there's a guy on the back with a rake and he just kind of pushes the crap out of the way and just gets you through and then sometimes there's way too many of them and they just shut the road down but what this movie really is about is the the refugees that are on Christmas Island. They're essentially housed there in these like military complexes. And with military complexes, you don't have to let anyone in to, to see what's going on. So these people are just stuck there indefinitely. You have no idea how long you're going to be there. And it follows this, uh, this woman, uh, Poland Lee, who is a, she's like a therapist. So these refugees come into her office and then, she kind of, you know, she has her own way of doing things. Like she does stuff with like sand and like little toys and stuff. And, you know, they just kind of recount either their experiences on the island or their experiences coming to Australia, like all that. It's like, it's really, really, it's a tough watch because obviously none of their experiences are good. Mm. So that is like the majority of the movie. And it just kind of ties it into like her family, uh, Chinese family was like one of the, the first, I guess, migrants to come to, to Australia. And they have this thing of, um, I guess when they died early on, they didn't get proper burial. So they believe they just kind of like wander as ghosts on the island. So they just kind of tie all three of those things together. But it is, it, it's interesting to, to see and, I mean, obviously, extremely, extremely sad to see how much effort is put into red crabs just traversing an island and how they'll go out of the way, you know, to make signs and move them out of the way so they don't get run over and shut down streets and this and that. But then, like, people who just treat them like absolute shit. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, sounds like a Sounds like a tough watch, actually. Yes, very, very, uh, yeah, it's a very tough watch. What's the name of that again? Island of the Hungry Ghosts. Island of the Hungry Ghosts. Hmm. Correct. It's good. It's good. It's just, it's a really tough watch. Yeah, it sounds like it. I have started diving into the American Horror Project. Now, what the American Horror Project is, is it's a, it's a series that, arrow video started up and they've released two box sets thus far uh full disclosure arrow was kind enough to send me the box sets and these are all movies many of which i've never even heard of they're all movies from the 70s and they're sort of like movies that are in danger of being lost or just influential in in their own specific way and and they all they sort of represent american the, the history of american horror so 
Uh, there's six, there's three in each box set, and I watched three of them so far. The first being uh, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Now, Kevin, you might be interested in probably a bunch of these titles. I, I think that yeah, a lot yeah. of these are kind of right up your alley. Uh, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood came out in 1973, and it's this really bizarre kind of surreal uh, story about uh, this couple who get a job at a carnival running the, the Midway Games booth, and they are actually... The reason that they're there, they don't tell the the owners this. The reason they're there is because they're looking for um, the wife's brother who disappeared while at the carnival, and they discover that the there's these like cannibal like ghoul things who live at the carnival and eat people, and this. <laughs> Some of the stuff that happens in this movie, like at one point, a person is, so one of the main characters is attacking one of these like ghouls and they turn into bubble wrap. Like the ghoul turns into bubble wrap. Like their head turns into just straight up bubble wrap. And the person sees, the person sees that this person turned into bubble wrap and they just still beat up the bubble wrap. It's a very weird, it's, it's bad. It's a bad movie, but it's really fun and very strange that that's worth, worth a look. Uh, the other one I saw was called the child. This is from 1977 directed by Robert, uh, Boscanian. And it, it's, this is sort of like, it bills itself as like an evil child movie. So I was expecting we're dealing with some an evil child situation here, but it's not. It is sort of how it is. I mean, the child is evil, but also there's zombies in it, so it's more more of a zombie movie where she befriends uh, these zombies and sort of has the zombies attack people she doesn't like, but she can also move stuff with her mind. So there's that also. This is another one that is just gloriously weird and uh, also not great, but very fun. And the final one that I watched was the premonition from 1976. It says 76 on letterbox, but I think maybe the release was 77. This is not really so much a horror movie as it is this kind of supernatural thriller where there's this, insane woman who gets out of a mental hospital and attempts to track down. She gets a job at a carnival, another carnival movie. She gets a job at a carnival in order to hopefully find her daughter who was taken from her when she went into the, uh, the mental hospital. And eventually she does. And she, she's like dating this carnival clown who is also pretty psychotic played by uh Richard Lynch and she goes she tries to like kidnap the the her daughter but she gets caught and then after her and her boyfriend get in an argument he kills her 
and her spirit sort of haunts the like the foster mother of the, the daughter and then Richard Lynch the boyfriend ends up kidnapping the daughter so it turns into this like sort of police procedural where they're trying to track him down and get the daughter back all the while the foster mother's having these like visions these like weird visions of of the daughter of the the woman who was killed again very very surreal very strange uh pretty it's pretty solid the the cinematography in this one was actually really good it was this is a low very low budget movie but it looked really really cool very gritty and grimy lots of handheld work in this so thus far my experience with the american horror project has been very good and the second box set doesn't come out until the end of july so i'll have like a full review for all of those up closer to that time but i can't wait to dive into more of these titles they sounded good stuff all right let's talk about what's coming out in theaters this week toy story 4 toy story 4 very excited about this oh yeah yeah i am i really i really really liked toy story 3 i didn't think i would I remember being like, mm, I don't know about this, but I ended up really loving it. And from everything I heard about this one, it's it's even better. So, no, totally on board with some Toy Story four. And they, it seems like this is going to be the last one. So, of course, Toy Story three was supposed to be the last one. Yeah, it's not. It's going to be a Toy Story five. That's just how movies work. Yep, can't stop. We also have Child's Play coming out. I don't know if you saw the some of the posters for Child's Play. The fact that they were were sort of poking fun at the fact that they were coming out the same day as Toy Story. Mm, no, the, where where there's like because there's like that one poster, that one Toy Story four poster where it's just like Woody like standing there, and yeah. the Child's Play one came that came out showed like. Woody's feet like laying on the ground <laughs> dead. <laughs> it was really, really funny. Um I don't know what to I don't know what to think about this. Isn't this Try- is the one that was a hijacked, right? Um sort of. I'm I'm hijacked. not exactly I don't necessarily remember the whole story behind how all this worked. I mean uh, Don Mancini, who was the creator of child's play and he directed a bunch of the entries in the franchise and i think he wrote like all of them uh he was heavily involved from from the beginning he was doing a new version a new child's play and then this one came out too so there's there's competing ones the the mancini one is uh a tv show now Mm. So this one is more of a reboot and the Mancini one is is a continuation of the original series. I've always liked child's play. I think it's an underrated horror franchise. I think a lot of people dismiss it as being like hokey or silly, but I've always liked the child's play movies. 
I like it when they stick to the horror rather than the comedy, like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. Those are mm, not my favorites in the yeah, bunch. Yeah. Although yeah. They, they they still they're still okay. Anyway, this one is directed by Lars uh, Klevberg, and it's the one that stars Aubrey Plaza and Brian Tyree Henry. Mark Hamill mm. is the voice of Chucky. So I'm interested. It certainly has a new spin on it where like the buddy doll is it's like AI. It's like sort of like Alexa. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. Let's see. We also have swinging safari. It looks like some kind of comedy wild rose. It's like a, another like uh it's like a rock drama. Oh, yeah. We have The Command, which this is a submarine movie. I think this this was like, there's something wonky about how this this was, like it was made a long time ago or something, and it's just coming out now. It's with Matthias uh, Schwornartz, Leah Sadu, and Colin Firth. Yeah. But it's getting like this really, and it's directed by Thomas Vinterberg. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, didn't this happen like a long time ago? Yeah, but it's getting this like really quiet release, so I'm not sure what's going on with it. It currently has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it is fresh. People are liking it, but I'm just not sure what the situation is with this movie. I thought I remember talking about this like three or four years ago. Yeah, I think this was on my most anticipated list one year. I think it was. Well, needless to say, it's not on that list anymore. Oh, no. I lost interest. I know, but Kursk, yeah. Yeah, originally it was called Kursk. Uh, Let's see. The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir. Mm. We got Burn Your Maps. I never even heard of some of these. That's not a good idea. No, why would you burn your map? You don't burn the map. The the only time you want to burn... you yeah, don't have to look only, at them. You yeah. just don't burn them. The only time you'd want to burn your map is if you needed it. You, like you needed the fire. You're stuck mm-hmm. out in the wilderness or something. You have no other, no alternative. Got to yeah. burn that map. What I think that it, that? Uh, burning the map is supposed to represent the, the journey. Just yeah. burn this your map. A, just carve your own path. This is a ridiculous movie, by the way. This is Jacob Tremblay. And he he plays an eccentric eight-year-old American boy named Wes that has an existential epiphany. He believes that he is, in fact, a Mongolian goat herder. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, I you know he's... what? Maybe I, maybe I did see a trailer for this. Vera Farmiga's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is just stupid. Yeah, it's not great. Nightmare Cinema is coming out. That's a horror anthology. Got some uh, interesting directors behind this one. We got Joe Dante directing a segment. Uh, Ruhe Kitamura is directing a segment. Like, mm. okay. I don't know. I, I'll probably give this a look. Yeah, you're going to watch it. Yeah, I'm down for a horror anthology. Anna's coming out. This is the action movie about the uh, the assassin. Oh, an assassin movie, huh? Yeah, Luke Besson directed. 
and uh, stars uh, Sasha Luss, Helen Mirren, Luke Evans. Have you seen the trailer for this? Looks pretty good. Mm. No, I have not. The action looks really solid. Really, really solid. Okay. Killian Murphy's in there too. Okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be giving that a look. And it looks like that's it for theaters. A lot of stuff coming out this week. There's a decent slate there. Yeah. Burn your maps. <laughs> Just burn those maps. Carve your own path. <laughs> On VOD, we got Wig coming out on HBO. That's a documentary. We got The Nightmare Gallery. This is on the, the 18th, by the way. Okay. Canary. Uh, Ghost Light. Uh, and then on the 19th, we have Beats coming out on Netflix. Beats. What is that? Coming of age drama. A reclusive teenage musical prodigy. Forms an unlikely friendship with a down on his luck high school security guard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And on the 21st, we have Perfect. This is that one uh, that is executive produced by Soderbergh and produced and scored by Flying Lotus. It's a sci-fi. Oh, okay. Sci-fi one. Is it Eddie Alcazar? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure about this. Like I, I, I watched the trailers and stuff. I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure it's visually going to be very pleasing to the eye, but narrative wise, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I think this is one of those. that's going to go either way. Yeah. You're either going to like link up with it and it's going to be great or it's, it's going to attack you. Yeah. And be awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's uh, streaming on some weird, I don't want to say weird. That's that's like a negative, but it's streaming on some different kind of platform. I can't oh, remember the name. I can't remember the platform? name of it. Yeah, but it's like exclusive on this. It's like, ah, man, I can't remember the name of it. It's like something IO. Or, hold on. I just want to look it up for people who might be interested in seeing this. Uh, it is going to be on, yeah, breaker.io. That's where this is going to be available. Breaker.io. Yeah. Breaker was formula, formerly Singular DTV. The what? Singular DirecTV. Okay. Our mission remains the same, to evolve the entertainment industry with a decentralized ecosystem that empowers creators and delivers fans a diverse collection of classic and original content. Breaker.io. Okay. I mean, I'm not like seeing. <laughs> oh, see. I'm like, I, I went to the website, like, hey, okay, Breaker, what do you have to offer? Yeah, like, and that... it looks like nothing. It looks like they have nothing to offer. <laughs> the only thing I'm seeing here is Trust Mach- Machine, the story of blockchain, which I think that's the uh, Alex Winter documentary. Well, I tried clicking on. Uh... Try clicking on artists here and I get nothing. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is like a brand new thing. I don't know. Yeah. You have the opportunity as of right now to watch one movie. <laughs> yeah. And then in a couple of days you'll you'll have an opportunity to watch two 
Yeah, I think the, I think you got to come out of the gate swinging with with this. I mean, considering how yeah. many, so considering how many, option. how many of these uh, streaming services there are now. All right, we also have Swinging Safari, and it looks like that's about it for VOD this week. Let's take a look at Blu-ray. Us is coming out. Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, I would highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. There's a 4K steel book that looks really cool coming out for that. Really, yeah. really cool front and back cover. Uh, Thirst is coming out from 2009. I'm sure that this is this would have to be a re-release. I'm sure that that movie's been out before on Blu-ray. Yeah. Miss, uh, Mississippi Burning from 1988 getting a Blu-ray release. Let's see what else. The Beach Bum from earlier this year coming out uh, and under the silver lake also coming out. Mm. Not a fan of that one. Mm. Actually not, not a fan of the beach bum or under the silver lake. Each had their moments, but overall it was a little bit meh wonder park coming out. That's the animated one hotel Mumbai, the running man from 1963. I believe that's an arrow one swing kids from last year coming out. I wanted to see this one, and I didn't didn't get a chance. I believe this is a Korean movie. It is a Korean movie. And it's set, set in a prison camp during the Korean War. Looks really looks really cool. Uh, Daddy issues from earlier this year, and that's about all I have. Do we have any Criterion's this week? Oh, we have two. Two criterions coming out, two contemporary releases, which are the first two films from director Bruno Dumont. So you can pick those up. Got new interviews with him, new English subtitle translations, and then television segments, appearances from press tours and whatnot. I've never seen a Bruno Dumont film, so I have no idea if it's worth it or not. Hmm. Uh, nor I don't think I have either, so. Yeah. I don't really have any, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> like, for whatever reason, anytime a Bruno Dumont, and it seems like he only exists because of Cannes. Like, that's the only time I hear about him, is when the Cannes Film Festival is happening. Because he always just seems to have a movie there. And I just, every time I'm like, no, no thank you. Yeah. That's how I feel about a lot of the Cannes directors. Yeah, and I don't know why that is. I just, I have no, no desire. I think I'm in the headspace right now where I just want to see things that are fun and more upbeat. And I think that a lot, and this is like just total generalization, like obviously there's exceptions, but I think that can is known for its pretty heavy dramas and stuff. And, yeah. and I just right now, I don't want to deal with that. You know, I want, don't I want to do it. Pure escapism. I want fun, energetic. None, anyway. of, that, none of that misery porn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't deal with that right now. Life life is depressing enough. That's true. Very true. And on that note, I think we're going to end it this week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. 
For Kevin Rickstraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.